0: Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning. Contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our Federal Access Knowledge Base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danbach shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the the turning point that opened my eyes was using Federal Access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal Access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 straight strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers. So you can get started for just $29 today. Now, let's hop into this episode. The big question is this If government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one on one with best selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. Hey everybody, I want to talk to you today about something that is a trend I've noticed. So I've been helping several clients go through their quarterly planning process recently. And when we're going through the quarterly planning process, one of the areas that I always identify is the amount of RFPs that a client is doing per month, per year, that sort of thing. It never fails that as I'm going through this process and looking at the numbers, clients don't have enough RFPs. RFPs in their funnel. And so let's take a look at this. If you notice that you only have, let's say, a 10 or 20% conversion rate, which means I respond to, let's say, 10 RFPs and I only win one or two. That's a 10 to 20% conversion rate, depending on what you're doing. So if that's your conversion rate and you are trying to win 10 or 15 contracts this year, but you're only doing one RFP a quarter, you're never going to hit your numbers. You're never going to hit them. And so what I want to encourage you to do today is find a way to increase this number. Now, I'm not saying you should bid on things that are wildly inappropriate for your business or anything like that, but I'll guarantee you one of the reasons, if you're small, one of the reasons you're not bidding enough is you don't have the resources. And when you're when you're small, you think about having to do this all on your own and you shouldn't. So one of the things you should be doing is taking opportunities to your teaming partner and saying hey let's go chase this why don't you prime it you prime it i'll sub and so if you're doing that sort of activity now you may be writing one rfp a month on your own and now you can have your teaming partners helping you get another three or four rfps a month out the door i'll say that again if you take opportunities to your teaming partners and you have a big group of teaming partners you can go from one rfp a month to three four five six 10 maybe. Depends on how many teaming partners you have. So you can chase more work if you leverage the resources of your teaming partners. So I want you to keep that in mind. This doesn't have to all be on you, which again, if you're small and small has a, a wide variety of descriptions, it could be anywhere from a startup to you're a few million dollars and you just don't have a big team. So if your core team isn't that big, expand your team by working with partners. Now, another way you could always expand your team is to work with some proposal writers, that sort of thing, so that you could say, hey, you know, we need to be getting four to five, six to ten, whatever it is, proposals out the door every single month. And I want to hire you guys and I want you to focus primarily on the opportunities I send you. Here's our past performance write-ups and all our stuff. Now it's gonna take you a little while to get your RFP, your know, writers together, you know, whether you use an outsourced model or whether you hire somebody, it's gonna take them a little while to get the hang of it. So you know you may not hit your numbers in the first 30, 60, 90 days, but you should after after that, you know, in that that second quarter of working with that team, you should be able to hit those numbers and start winning and that sort of thing. So you don't have to do it yourself. You notice a the theme I, I'm giving you today? You don't have to do all of this stuff yourself. You can outsource the writing, can't afford the writing, or you're early on in the stage and you don't even know what to do. Work with your teaming partners. In fact, I would say work with your teaming partners more than anything. You need to be working with them anyway. Bring opportunity opportunities to them. Let them prime the stuff or let them tell you, hey, I don't think we could prime this, but we'll help with the proposal. A lot of times they'll say that, hey, maybe you should prime it and you should spearhead the proposal writing phase, but we're going to help you with that. In fact, we've got another one over here that we think you'd be better to prime and we'll help you with that one as well. So now you're starting to build some momentum with the teaming partners. So don't underestimate the value of working with others to hit those numbers that you need because you Cannot win if you don't bid. So if you don't put an RFP out there, it's kind of like going fishing and having all your stuff in the boat, and you never put a line in the water. So you're never going to win that way. So you got to be able to get more of these on the street. You want to make sure they're qualified. You want to try and make sure that it is with your ideal agency. Some of them are just going to be tactical for the revenue sake of of things, but that's also good. It's good practice for you to work on proposals on a regular basis. Another strategy here to help you get more of these out is go through like your past performance and that kind of stuff and build out your past performance write-ups and all of those types of things. Get those formatted in a way that'll help you just drag and drop those into your proposals. Make sure your corporate overview is really good and really clean and it communicates value and that you've got a really good template. And In fact, I always create what I call my proposal library where I've got my templates of, of pieces like this like the write-ups and resumes and overviews and all this kind of stuff, build up a library of this stuff so you can easily drag and drop it. Get your formatting on your documents done so that it's out of the way and you have one format that you use and you just plug and play all of your stuff into it. Get all of that stuff out of the way and systemize the writing. So you don't necessarily have to go out and learn the Shipley method or this method or this pink, blue, green, orange team, whatever. You don't have to go learn that stuff those things are all great and they're amazing for some people some people can't handle that create a simple system on from the moment you get an rfp on your table to how you decide to bid no bid it to how you put it together and respond and the timing of all this stuff so that you can really build out the process and each time you do it you can say hey i know if i'm going to respond to an rfp it's three hours of work it's two hours of writing plus three hours of research or whatever it is, right? You know what it's going to take to put that stuff together. And so once you know that it makes it less overwhelming when you have a plan and people on your team are aware of the plan, it allows everybody to be more comfortable about it. And so next time you're sitting down with your team and you say, look, we're going to go from writing one RFP a month to six, you know, instead of scaring the team, you could say, look, Hey, we're going to do this over the course of the next few months. We don't have to implement it all today. And And in order to make this easier on ourselves, we're going to map out the process. We're going to put together some templates that we're going to use to make this easier. So all we'll have to do is customize them for the opportunity. And we're going to build this out in a way so that instead of it taking us 10 or 12 hours to respond to an RFP, it's only going to take us two or three. How's that sound, team? And now your team can get behind it because they know there's a plan of attack. They're scaling up because, hey, you know what? It's hard to go from one to six, but it's not that hard to go from one to two, two to three, three to four, four to five, five to six. It's not that hard when you do it that way versus, hey, last month we wrote one, this month we're going to write six, you know, and oh, by the way, out of those six, at least three of them, at least four of them, whatever it is, are going to be with teaming partners who they are priming this and they're driving the proposal process. So take a look at this, what I'm telling you, map this out on your own. Look at how many RFPs you're actually responding to and then set a goal. Set a goal of how you're going to increase that to get to the number you really need to get through. And look, another part of this is a lot of you are responding to sources sought, which is absolutely what you should be doing. Sources sought are, are are great for people to do. But the thing is people get way too wrapped up in all the stuff they're trying to do in these sources sought. Remember, you don't have to respond to everything. You can add things to a sources sought to help position and shape for an opportunity. And so don't, don't get too wrapped up in the sources sought that you you miss the RFPs when they come out cuz you're too, you know, just wasted from from, you know, and exhausted from doing the other things that you do in the business. So, you need to save some energy for the RFPs cuz those are really important. But initially, you're going to be responding to sources sought. I totally get that. Just don't exhaust yourself on those. Be smart about how you approach them. And the process is probably going to be similar for sources sought as it is with RFPs. It's just going to be a slightly less time frame a lot of times. And so, have a look at this if you have questions. You know how to get in touch with us. Don't let this overwhelm you. I'll say it again. Don't let this overwhelm you, but understand if you don't bid, you can't win. You know, I keep saying this and I want people to hear it. You don't bid, you don't win. And so we've got to start bidding more if we're going to start winning more. And that means we've got to get good at the RFP process or RFQ process, whatever it is that you're doing in your business. So you've got to get good at that process. The only way to get good at it is to do it more. So imagine if you only drove a car once a month. Every time you get in, you'd be nervous right? So if you only write an RFP once a month, once a quarter, every time you do it, you're going to be a little nervous. You're not going to know where stuff is, what you know, what to do. You're going to be scrambling a bit. But once you get in a groove like me, I drive almost every day and it's and I'm very comfortable with it. Same thing with your RFPs. Once you get doing it on a regular basis where you're, doing, you're, you're involved at some level in an RFP every single week, you get really, really comfortable. You'll get good at it. You'll find the things that you're not doing right and you'll correct them. You'll be sitting in more debriefings and things like that. So you'll be learning a lot more. You'll be interacting with customers a lot more. And guess what? All of that leads to more work. All of it. All of it leads to more work. So do this stuff. Embrace this idea of doing more RFPs. And again, if you have questions, reach out to me or anybody here on the team. We'd be happy to help you walk through this and just talk you through it. Talk you down if you're nervous, whatever it may be, we'll talk you through this and help point you in the right direction so take a stab at that and we'll see you next time thanks for listening to game changers for government contractors for a full list of episodes and other resources be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers